Hi, my name is Rachel and I am the host of Things I Wish I'd Known. I decided to set up this podcast because A, I love talking, I love learning from people, I love conversation and B, there are so, so many things I wish I'd known in my past, so many things I wish I'd known about my mental health, about self-care, about magic, mystery, spirituality, about so many things that I know now, these crazy new breakthroughs in science, frequency, sound, all kinds of things that I'm now so passionate about that I wish I'd known. And I'm hoping that by sharing these conversations with you, I'm going to be able to maybe relieve some suffering, maybe share some laughs and share some knowledge. Some of it you may think is amazing, some of it won't resonate, and that's okay. But I really, really want to get this knowledge out there. So I hope you enjoy listening to things I wish I'd known. Hi, thanks for tuning in. Today I'm going to be talking to Dan Winterbourne. Dan is the founder of danwince.com. It's a success gym for the mind. He teaches people mental fitness hacks and I'm really excited to share his story with you. But before we go into the podcast, I just want to do a little trigger warning. Today we're going to be talking about a really serious subject and that subject is suicide. As somebody who has attempted to take her own life in the past and has suffered with suicide ideation and suicidal thoughts, I really wanted to open up the conversation around this subject. It's never spoken about. There's a lot of shame around it for a lot of people. And I really want to have these conversations because I think it's really, really, really important. The World Mental Health Foundation's website states that since 2017, 6,000 people have died from suicide in the UK alone. To put that into perspective, that's one every two hours. And in my opinion, it's way, way too many. So hopefully, if you're in a place where you've been suffering, there's some links below. And by seeing and hearing this and mine and Dan's experiences, you'll know that there's always hope and things genuinely really do get a lot better. Thank you so much for joining me today, Dan. It's lovely to have you here. It'd be great if you could just introduce yourself to the listeners. Yes, absolutely. So as you as you sort of touched upon, I, I run a company called danwince.com and I, I describe myself as a mental health storyteller. So um, unfortunately or fortunately, I have loads of those stories to tell. And, and, I, and I try and what I try and do, or what I hope to do is inspire and motivate people, maybe give people some hope if they need it. And just, just, um, just relaying my stories of my experiences, I find helps others. But also what I do from a business point of view is I teach mental health um, mental fitness tips and, and hacks and, and, and habits. They're actually habits and, and rituals that, you know, I personally do. And I found out these routines that I now do on a daily basis because I was ill and I just spent 
20 odd years studying happyology, positive psychology, neuroscience, all that stuff. And it gave me such a wealth of information. And I've, I've devised these programs that I use, use myself and really, really work and, and can give people a, a better, happier life, which I believe is, is what it's all about. But I do it from an authentic place of someone that has really been quite ill and, you know, got through it and I'm at the other side and I, I you know I'm very blessed because I live a, a great life now and happy to be here and, and it's just a joy so yeah in a nutshell that's that's what I do. Amazing and I feel the same I think when you've really been there I remember when I just came out of my depression and you know I'd been in bed for months and I just hadn't I literally hadn't been able to do anything I really wasn't coping and one of the first things I did was r ring one of my really, really good close friends who had in the past really suffered with depression. And I remember going around to her house one time and saying, oh, come on, babe, you know, just had, try and ha you could have just had a shower or like cleaned your house today. It would have made you feel so much better. And I remember ringing and just apologizing profusely and saying, I'm so sorry. I had no idea. And she just said I'm sorry that you're ringing because it shows that you really have experienced depression now that you really do understand and you know what it's about so yeah, yeah I think once you've been there and you really understand it makes you very passionate about helping other people when you come out to Absolutely. say here's some tools these are things you can do you're not stuck like that it's there's a lot that we don't know about the brain. There's a lot that we don't know about physiology. And here's some stuff that I've learned and hopefully it can help people as well. Yeah, yeah. And it doesn't, you know, uh, I think because you and I've both been through that, um, we, can, we can understand, we can empathise that somebody's saying to you, oh, just get up, just get out of bed, it makes you feel better. It's, it's a lot harder than that, you know, and I yeah. talk about baby steps and, and not beating yourself up, and, but anything is a triumph, even if it's getting downstairs and making a cup of tea, you know, for some people, that's, that's a starting point. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I remember once high-fiving my mum because um, I think I had a shower by like 3 p.m. or <laughs> something, which now where I'm at, you know, I laugh not because it's funny when you're in that situation, but yeah, it seems so far removed from where I am now that it seems funny that that would be such an achievement. Yes. In that moment, I mean, just being able to physically get out of bed is an achievement in itself. It can feel like an absolute mountain to climb. Absolutely. Yeah, 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 yeah. And humour is such a good thing. And I know, you know, like you just said, it, we're not laughing at. The, the, the thing that's happening. No. So I can look back on all my experiences and I find humour in all of them. And I think humour is such a good thing. If you can bring that into what you're going through or what you have been through, it, for me personally, it helps so much. And also, I can relay stories to friends and people. And because I'm smiling and laughing about it, it just it just calms the whole situation. You know, it's not such a big, whoa, you know, it's... it's, yeah. it's thing I think humor is a great tool to, to to have in your arsenal about. yeah it's like lots of stories isn't it where at the time they're not funny at all and then years later you kind of giggle about them with your friends because that pain that you felt at the time or whatever was uncomfortable or difficult at the time has passed yeah and so you can look at it on with fresh eyes and um, one of the things I wanted to ask you I know 
kind of why you do what you do now. But how you said you've been suffering for 20 odd years. I mean, how was that playing out for you? I really want to try and share with our listeners the kind of, you know, thought processes that happen, the kind of things that happen physiologically when we might be in a really low place. And I, I think if you've not been there, it's really very, very complicated to get a handle on what that might feel like and so I'd really like to just get a a better idea of you know what are the differences from where you were and where you are now in terms of your mindset in terms of you know physically in the body in terms of maybe your soul your spirit or or however you like to describe it yeah well if I take you back right to the beginning of when I had a first episode or felt you know, particularly unwell and didn't know what was going on. I was about 15. I remember I got very paranoid in, and <laughs> it's probably because half of the reason was because I was 15, but we were going into pubs. Um, and, I, and I was really paranoid, not all the time. And, you know, I need to stress that that 20 odd year period, I was, I, I've had some lovely times as well. And I've been well through, through periods in that 20. I haven't been unwell for that whole 20 years. It's on and off. Um, but it started with paranoia and anxiety when I was about 15. The new wonder drug that came out was Prozac. I was put on that. I was really anti-drugs, always have been, until my carer about 10, 15 years later that I saw sometimes on a daily basis, and it sort of, when I was getting better, it was a weekly basis, went down to a monthly basis, but she convinced me, you know, listen, you have to take this this medication. But the, the different symptoms I've had or diagnosis if you like uh, anxiety paranoia panic attacks um, bipolar schizoaffective disorder paranoid schizophrenia so I'm I'm quite an expert in (laughs) in a few of these uh, conditions yeah you know they manifested themselves in ways of psychotic hallucinations for me it was auditory mainly I had one visual um, psychotic hallucination but the, most of the time it was auditory so I'd hear things that weren't there mm. and a lot of it for me you know the bipolar depression came about because I was I couldn't go out because there was this stuff going on in my head that was just really bizarre and awful so it's all linked um, and you know had some really hard times I've always been with the crisis team twice where they come out and they see you every day um, and a team team of doctors and professionals. Uh, so, so they were symptoms. And my mindset back then was the doctors are going to help me. So I put everything in their hands. And I remember one of the doctors early on said to me, listen, you are going to be like this for the rest of your life. Yeah. And I thought, oh, geez, really? Um, How did that make you feel? Because this is one thing that um distresses me about how we look at mental health it's like once you have a label once you have a diagnosis that's it there's no hope you can't fix it you're never going to get better you can manage your symptoms but that's it and that really hasn't been my experience I feel like I have healed myself from depression and anxiety and that as long as I continue doing probably similar exercise to what you're talking about in your mental health gym, I stay well. And when I don't do those things, 
I slip again on, and I feel like it's looked at very black and white. Yes. H- how does it make you feel when they said, oh, that's it? You've- well, it's awful. You know, thankfully, I'm quite a stubborn and despite all my depression and everything else, I'm a positive guy, you know. Mm. Um, and I'm living proof that that statement wasn't true. I live a yeah. wonderful life now. And I think from a mindset point of view, you know, my paranoia went to pronoia. Now, that's not a word. I've sort of made that up. But I now expect things to be good and that good things will come to me. And yes. A bit of magic, but they do. Pronoia, I love it. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so that's you know from that mindset to that mindset there was that shift and then you know the depression I I think what it was for me there was a a pivotal moment in my life where I hit a really really low point and I decided I had a sort of an epiphany or a realization I've been studying all this stuff over 40,000 hours of study I worked out once I've sort of gone through and it was it was like it was like that that saying knowledge is power is is incorrect knowledge is dormant power because i all this stuff i'd learned i'd watched the videos i listened to the ted talks but it was it was in my being i just hadn't used it so it's like it's like having a rocket ready to go but there's no fuel oh thank i'm so glad you covered this i literally was writing an answer to an interview today yeah she said oh when we spoke you said um there's a difference between knowledge and applied knowledge. And I feel like it's very similar to you. I mean, when I first was ill, I was reading so much and I was watching so many YouTube videos and um, documentaries and basically just filling, similar to you, I, was obs- I became obsessed with working out how I was going to heal this mental illness. And, yeah. But it took a really long time before I started applying that knowledge so I'm so happy that you've brought this up as well because I completely agree with you that the the power is in applying knowledge the universe loves action you know you don't don't do the stuff you don't do physically do the work it's no no changes are going to happen so I mean you know with, with the subject here is suicide and um you know my own personal experience with that I I went for years driving to work, thinking about driving to oncoming traffic and not being mm-hmm. able to cross a bridge and all that sort of stuff. But the worst moment for me was ten years ago, September, ten years ago, two thousand and nine. And very long story short, I found myself on top of a hotel roof and I was there all day. And it was like I had a devil do it on this shoulder and an angel don't on this side. And the dialogue, the internal dialogue that was going backwards and forwards was, you know, you're a waste of space. Uh, there's no point in you being around. You're always in bed. You're a, you're a burden on your family. You know, you're not good for your kids because you're just not there for them emotionally. And and um, and, and angel, angel don't was... It, it was all, it, to, to be honest, it was around my kids. They were about three and seven at the time. And she, she was just like, you know, you want to see your boys grow up? You want to see what types of people they've come into and how they turn out and all this sort of stuff. So that's what saved me that day. But the, the realisation I had on that roof was I want to go back, but I want to go back and I want to be a, a dad 
for my kids, not someone who's in bed most of the time. When I am awake, I'm so medicated that I'm comatosed almost. I'm not, not there for anybody because I'm walking around like a zombie. And I decided on that roof and it was a decision. And I believe sometimes in life, you just have to make that choice. And it is as simple as that. Um, to, to start putting all of this knowledge that I had into action. And it didn't, it didn't change overnight, um, but slowly but surely, I, I mean, it sounds too good to be true, but I, I, I cured myself. I, I really, really now, yes, I'm human, and sometimes I, I get a little dip, you know, but that's the same for everybody, mm. and it would be normal if you didn't. But the difference now is I have a default to happy. I've sort of programmed, without getting into the science too much, but all the neural pathways are really strong and fixed, and because they're millions of times over, these habits that I've been doing for years and years and years, I have a little bit of a slump, but my default is straight back to happy. And yeah. it's a subconscious thing now for me. Don't really have to work for it. You know, I subconsciously am grateful for stuff in the day and see little things or, you know, it, it's a yeah. wonderful place to be. And, and, you know, from going from where I was 10 years ago to where I am now, I feel so blessed and so lucky. And my message really is that, you know, life is worth it. If there's one message that I want to get out there to people is it's worth it. Yeah. Because at the time, you don't think it is. No. But you, you get there. I remember thinking quite clearly, like, what a favour I was doing everyone. Like, what a relief it would be for everyone that I knew that I wasn't here anymore. Like, how... You know, it was almost like the decision um, to kill myself was really kind of doing my family a favour and helping people out, which, you know, now that I'm in a, I'm in an unrecognisable mental state <laughs> comparative to where I was, yeah. you just think, wow, oh my God, you know, I, I can't imagine the devastation, God forbid, I had succeeded. I can't imagine the devastation that would have caused to the people that I love and, you know, that's really, you kind of have to live with that a little bit, don't you? But that's what therapy's for. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, to, work, to work through all that stuff. It's so understandable because you feel a burden, don't you? Yes. Oh, you feel like you're a burden. And I used to think, I don't know if you had similar things, I've very much resonated when you said about driving your car and thinking about driving onto on, oncoming traffic. I had a very similar experience where I would cross the road and I would think oh please today might be the day mm. and not on purpose not thinking like I didn't really want to die I don't think I just wanted like a break yeah. um, and it you know now looking back I think wow it was so insidious all those little thoughts and I love what you've just said about how now your default is happy because I really feel the same as well like where my default used to be what's the point why am I here? What yeah. does life mean anyway? There's, you know, I, I just felt like there was no point to, yeah. to life. And now it's like just walking around and thinking, look at that bird. Wow, the sky's blue. Or even like last night it started raining and I, I sort of smiled to myself and looked up because it had been so sort of muggy and hot that when the rain came, it was actually really refreshing. Yeah. And I remember I would have before just thought, I forgot my umbrella and I would have been so annoyed it's all it's all a mindset thing and it's all you know there's a lot of science around this stuff and and um what frustrates me is that 
there are simple tools and simple habits that anyone can do to get themselves into a high vibe state most of yeah. the time. Agreed. It's simple. Honestly, I've got a 15 minute program. Now, if you can't find 10 or 15 minutes in your day to do something, I think, you know, that there's something wrong. And so anyone can do this. And I, I like it. It's that mental hygiene. Like we all brush our teeth for 10, 15 minutes a day. You know, yes. you would argue is a little bit more important than your teeth. Just do 15 minutes a day. Uh, you know, there's, there's things like gratitude, exercise, uh, social connectedness with, with friends and family and community, um, breathing, breathing techniques and, and you know, meditation and yoga. But this 15-minute program I've set up, which is on my website, it, you, I'm not talking, you don't have to be a yoga and go into this in great detail and be a fantastic meditator or, or an Olympic athlete or even somebody that's really, really fit. You know, there's just a few key simple little things to do every day that everyone can that will make a huge difference and what happens is over time because you're enjoying it so much that, that little 15 minute section that you do the session you end up doing a lot more of it you know and i do well my gratitude is unlimited now it just goes on all day um, <laughs> sometimes i exercise for two hours you know a, a day um because you get the endorphins and the and the dopamine and the serotonin and it's it's better than any drug a doctor can give you you know and and it just is a is a is a great um highway or, or way out of a place where maybe you're not in a in a good yeah. high vibe place and you're at low vibration all the time one thing that you touched on earlier you said you you had always previously been anti-medication could you elaborate on that slightly? Well, I think it was a, I think it was a number of reasons. I think uh, when I was 15 and I first went on it, it was almost like I, I'm quite a competitive person and, and I felt it was a failure in some way. I know that might sound a bit silly, but I just, I just felt like a failure. But, but later on, it was because the doses were so high that I were on that the side effects were just, uh, were just awful. Mm -hmm just tired all the time, really, really, like, zombied me out. Yeah. So, you know, th that's why. And I still take my... I think there's, I'm not anti it in terms of I don't think it's a good thing at all for anyone. Um, there's a place for medication. And I think if you manage it well and you have a really good relationship with your doctor, your care worker, whoever it is, you can. I mean, it did take me a good six or seven years to find out that right dose and the right type of drug mm -hmm. to take that, that suited me. And now I, I still take medication, but it's like taking a paracetamol each night. It's a tiny dose and mm -hmm. you know, sort of, I think it's a little security blanket for me than anything else. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that was like that with my panic attack um, medication. You know, for a long time, I just had it in my bag. Mm. I didn't take it. I, you know, now um, I feel lucky that I'm. I don't take medication anymore. But um, for anyone listening to this, don't ever just come off your medication. You know, it took me a long time. Mental health team, a doctor, and everything else, and my therapist all working together to to you know do it in a sensible way that was yeah. right for me. And everybody's different and I completely agree I mean if you find the medication that works for you you know why why not use it if you had a heart issue or yeah. diabetes or whatever there, there's medication that you can take that can assist you with your physiology but I do 
think, and I don't know about your experience, but uh, a lot of my study now is uh, very much into trauma and how that affects uh, the human mind. And I think that at some point, if you have, you know, however severe mental health issue, you need to deal with whatever's happened in the past. Yes. Because from my understanding and from all my research, my own experience and everybody that I've spoken to on this journey, um, everybody seems to go, well, actually, when I really looked into it, it went back to this. Yeah. You know, and once you can start to lighten that that mental load a little bit, mm. I think that works. And I think medication does not, it might enable you to understand or find what the what the problem is through therapy but i don't think medication is ever gonna um you know i think it's a faster isn't it medication it's a whereas yeah you if you need to get to the core of the problem really to start finding proper solutions Um, but i I would like to point out as well though you know for me personally i I look back and there was, you know, you don't have to have had some sort of massive trauma for, for you to be affected by these mental health. No. Um, you know, and also I know you touched uh, on the figures at the beginning. I, I read a statistic yesterday that every 40 seconds a person takes their life. Wow, I wonder if that's worldwide. Yeah, because the, the stats that I saw were just for the UK. Yeah, so. no, that's right. Yeah, but I wanted to to highlight that wow it's every 40 seconds and what frustrates me and what makes me so passionate about doing what i do is that i believe it's so unnecessary because yeah it's so preventable it's not like you know having a tumor or something like that suicide is a is a mental health issue and there are some great solutions out there Mm. health issues and you know i think I think it's giving people hope and belief that it will get better one day. Yeah. May not happen overnight. And to be open, I think that's the thing, to be open to different types of solutions. You know, I tried everything from Reiki and all the woo-woo stuff to the more traditional stuff, you know, and I just think you just... If I was looking back to my old self 10, 15 years ago, I would just say, relax. It would just be, you know, just relax, Dan. It's going to be okay. And, and just to not try and get so head up about everything and just to relax. Mm. So that brings me on actually to a question. How easy was it for you to get from, you know, feeling suicidal to where you are now, running your business, helping others? Oh, it hasn't been easy, but then... I'm a great believer in um, the law of attraction and and all of that stuff. Um, So, you know, I've had my ups and downs with different jobs that I went for when I was sort of getting back to being well. And I did run a very successful business while I was unwell for for 16 years, but I was quite lucky in as much as I wasn't involved on a day-to-day basis in the business there were were managers around so I was very lucky in the fact that we had some money coming in even though I wasn't functioning properly Mm. Um, but yes there was difficulties with jobs after running that previous business because of my mental health and you know I, I think you have to find your own way and you have to be 
um, true to yourself and give yourself enough self-love and self-respect to say to yourself, you know what, this job that I'm in at the moment, it's not serving me well. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to leave it and, I, and there will be something else for me out there. Because yeah. I think a lot of the time people will stay in a situation that just isn't right. Yeah. Um, you know, I think getting back to 100% health and happiness and living a fulfilling life is a mixture of doing the work and the exercises and the rituals and the habits and the mental hygiene, but also making the decisions in your life that, you know, deleting those aspects of your life that don't serve you to the highest good and yeah. finding your way to the aspects of life that do serve you to your highest good. And that's a journey. That doesn't happen overnight. So, yes, it's been, uh, I don't like to use the word difficult because I've enjoyed it. It's, it was just part of the journey. But it, there were ups and downs, like, like yeah. his life, you know. Completely. And I know in my journey there was a point, I mean, there was one point where I had quite a serious dip again. And that really scared me. And although it only lasted, you know, I think it was about three or four months. I, I really did think, oh God, here we go, you know, and I was still trying to run, set up and run Wealth with Wellbeing. And there was, you know, lots of stresses and pressures. And I was thinking, God, you know, you're setting up this business to inspire hope in people. And now you're ill again, like, ah! And it felt like a lot of pressure. But other than that time, there was, there's been a couple of times where my mood might have only dipped for like a day. You know, what I now deem to be just normal. Yeah. You know, some days you wake up and you're like, yeah, like smash the day kind of thing. And other days you wake up and you think, oh God, snooze, snooze, snooze. And that's just normal life. That's just, you know, ups and downs. We're human. We all have different uh, plethora of emotions and, and energy levels. But at the beginning, it was very difficult to decipher between what was kind of normal fluctuations and anytime I dipped I would freak out I don't know if you had a similar experience well in connection with running the business well and in connection with just like your mental health and like how that journey was in terms of it's not for me anyway it wasn't like a linear trajectory of now I feel better now I feel better now I feel better now I feel better now I feel even better and it's great it was now I feel better now I feel better maybe I'll stop doing some of these habits because I've obviously won at life. <laughs> now I don't feel so good again. Okay, put the habits back in. Now I feel a bit better. And yeah. it was, you know, up and down for a while. And I'm just wondering if that was a similar experience for you or if actually it was more linear for you. I don't know. Well, no, when, when I was in the, in the depths of not, of not being very well, it, it was quite cyclical for me. It was on a monthly basis that I would really dip for three or four days and then I'd get back to a, a level. Mm. Um, now, today, I would say I have a little dip. I mean, how good is this? I'm even struggling to remember because it's probably... Yeah every two or three months and yeah you no know, it might be I don't know what causes it but all I do know is what I do is I I retreat a little bit I don't you know which I think is the right thing to do for me yeah and I take two or three days um and that's all it normally takes maybe four or five at the most mm. and I just slow everything down in my life uh, you know and just take a bit of more self-care for myself mm. and then I'm, I'm back so I, 
I never go really, really back to where I was. I haven't for years now. It's right. all, this is a, this is, yeah, this is average. I, I, I dip a little bit, just under a few days and I'm back up to, you know, right. a, a level. So yeah, it, 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 and that, and that took a while to get to be at that place, but that's where I am now. So I've just got a couple more questions. I'm just conscious of time. Yeah. Um, what do you wish that you'd known about suicide before you, everything that you know now? I wish, I wish I'd known it was going to be okay, you know, but when you're in the throes of it, it there's nothing that can tell you that it's going to be okay. Um, yeah, I don't know. There's not one piece of advice I would give myself or, or, or wish I'd have known. I think, I think the overall feeling is that, you know, this, this isn't forever. I just wish I'd knew, I, I wish I knew that deep within myself that, you know, this isn't going to be like this forever. Yeah. There were times where I just thought this is it. And, you know, and that's why, that's why you end up getting so depressed. Yeah. And finally, I know you've spoken about your, your kind of 15 minute rituals and different things that you do, but if there's people listening to this who, you know, maybe they're really not in such a good space right now, what kind of tips would you give them? What kind of things can they do in your opinion to kind of starting from today? How can they just start to feel a little better and maybe get some of this hope that we're talking about and realize that things are going to get better? I'll tell you what's a really good thing for anyone who's on the spectrum of wherever they are with their mental health is to do a seven day mental fitness diet. So what that means is, that for seven days, consecutive seven days, because to make any habit stick, the science shows that you have to do it consistently for tw at least 21 days or more. Mm -hmm. On a reg If you miss a day, on it's day seven and you miss a day and then you're day eight, no, 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 you have to go back to day one again. Yeah. Um, so th what I mean by a mental fitness diet is become aware of your thoughts and every time you have a negative, immediately as quickly as you can change it into a positive so you were talking about the rain earlier so you know yeah. it's raining you go oh god it's raining and they go oh that's good for the plants I quite like it when you look at it you know yeah i mean through the rain that's quite beautiful so if you can do that for seven days i promise you you will change something and yeah. you physically change something your neural pathways become stronger and become more focused towards happiness it's as simple as that and the more you do it the stronger the connections get in your brain and the easier it becomes and before you know it you'll have a wonderful brain and a, and a, and a happier life so yeah seven day mental health diet men, mental fitness diet i would recommend to anyone 100 percent. so just um taking the negatives i used a very very similar process actually in, in my healing which i learned from louise hay God rest us all. Mm. And that was very much similar. As soon as you have a negative thought, you say, this is an old thought pattern. I no longer need it. I choose to believe and then whatever the opposite is. So, you know, one of mine used to be, I am fat. I used to think that all day, every day, I'm fat, I'm fat, I'm fat. So as soon as I would think that, I'd say, this is an old thought pattern. I no longer need it. 
I choose to believe I love my body no matter what. And I would do that thousands of times a day. That's so powerful, so good, yeah. yeah. And there's another one that Tony Robbins does, which actually I think he got from this book called The Power of the Subconscious Mind. And oh, great book. Yeah, great book, isn't it? Mm. And he says in there, a very, very similar technique, but you just say, and quite abruptly and like, I command my subconscious mind to release this thought now. And then you say the opposite. I quite like that one because it makes me feel a bit like some kind of warrior. (laughs) Fabulous. So just before we go, because I'm just conscious of time. um, Is there anything else you wish that I'd ask you that I I didn't ask you or anything you'd like to cover, anything you'd like to share with people that are listening? Do you know what? This has just come to me and I hope you don't mind because it's a little bit of a plug, but it is related to suicide and mental health. So last year... I started a challenge, a three-part challenge to hike, climb, and jump from 2,717 feet. Why 2,717 feet? Because the highest building in the world is the Burj Khalifa in Dubai, and it's 2,717 feet. Mm. And I want to base jump from it. Mm -hmm. Um, Because I believe everybody needs a roof to fly from, not a roof to fall from. Right. If you've got the tools and you've got the knowledge and you've got the know-how, you just got you just got to jump in and fly, yeah. and you'll um, soar. So it's all for mind, the charity mind. Last year was the first part. Me and a few mates, we, we hiked two thousand seven hundred seventeen feet in the Lake District. We saved, we we, sorry, not saved. We raised nearly a thousand pounds for mind. Amazing. I'm doing the climb part. In on the 10th of October, which is World Mental Health Day, which is exactly a year on from the hike one, yeah. which is on World Mental Health Day as well. And yes, got a climb 2,717 feet. Wow. So I'm just starting training. I've got to build up my muscles and everything. Um, I've never climbed before, so it's completely new to me. Oh, it's so fun. Yeah. And um, so um, I'm just wondering what I should do. You know what? I, I haven't got it up anywhere, but uh maybe i can put some links because i'll put some links on the um you know the description of that'd be great because it's all yeah. about raising mental health awareness around Amazing. suicide and, and everything to do with mental health right. so want to raise some really good money for it this time yeah it's a good cause for sure uh well thank you so much um for coming and joining me today and thank you so much for sharing your story and all your tips and everything There'll be links in the bottom, so if you're listening, um, you'll be able to contact Dan uh, via his website and the other links, and I'll put some links to the um, climbing challenge as well. So thanks again for listening. Subscribe, feel free to share with your friends, and we'll see you again very soon. Things I Wish I'd Known is brought to you by Welford Wellbeing. Check out my website at www.welfordwellbeing.com.